Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Espresso Agent. The key to success in real estate is confidence, especially when it comes time to call prospects. Espresso Agent gives you that confidence with the best for sale by owners and expired contacts delivered directly to your inbox seven days a week. Up to 90% of our contacts have phone numbers and the most cell phone numbers on the market. Every day, you can dial with confidence when you dial with Espresso Agent. Visit EspressoAgent.com forward slash lab code agents. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast. And today, we are going to tell a story, so to speak. You, you hear it all the time. We talk about it when you're doing video. We talk about it through your social media posts. We talk about what you should be doing with your brand, which is tell a story. And I know a lot of people ask all the time, what the hell does that mean? Am I like telling a nursery rhyme? Am I supposed to be writing a book here? Well, guess what? We are bringing on a storytelling expert a storytelling communication expert. He is also the host of the Mic Drop Moment podcast, author of Company Culture for Dummies, and has been named a top 30 culture speaker by Global Guru, Guru among many other accolades. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Mike Ganino from Los Angeles, California. Mike, welcome. It's good to, good to make your- uh, Hi. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is a this is a, a good time for, for real estate folks to, uh, to leverage the power of story. Everyone these days is saying, now more than ever, so I won't say that, but it's a good time to, to get these skills in, I think. I will say it, uh, now more than ever. You know, we, we, uh, <laughs> we, we have a platform called the Business Video School, and we have been saying that because we teach video. And, and so this is a perfect segue, a perfect compliment uh, to what we're always preaching, which is do more video. And so, you know, I'm really curious to ask you questions selfishly, as I am with most of my guests. I get to ask the questions. I get to learn. But before we get into the storytelling, let's let our audience get to know you a little bit better. Tell us kind of where you come from, how you kind of grew up in the business, and, you know, where, where you are today. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I realized really young, I, I was a, a manager, like a, at a sandwich shop in Chicago when I was in my early 20s, studying to be an actor. I was, I was doing Second City and improv. And I realized pretty quickly that like, because I was young and I didn't really have the like, I'm a scary boss thing going on. I was like, how am I going to get people to do what I want them to do? Like, what do people respond to? And I realized that it was rarely like the best idea that won. So like somebody presenting ideas or, or me even presenting ideas to my, my leadership team, it was really the best idea that won. Over and over and over I saw it. I saw employees come up with great ideas. And I went on from that place to another place and eventually became uh, an owner of a concept, a, a co-partner in a concept that we sold to a private equity firm in 2014. And along the way, along that journey, that 14-year journey, I saw over and over and over employees, companies, vendors would have great ideas and nothing ever happened to them because they didn't know how to communicate their ideas. They didn't know how to package their ideas in a way that, that got the person on the other side of the table really listening to them. And so it made me really curious about what I had learned all of Peter as well about is there, 
is there a link between what we were doing on stage, selling story, packaging experiences, getting an audience to like suspend disbelief to explore our world with us? Could those same skill sets be useful in business? Could those same skill sets be useful in presenting our ideas to each other? And luckily, uh, the last six years, the world has said, yes, it is. And so I've been spending the last uh, six years traveling around, working with people, consulting, helping them figure out how to tell their story, how to package their information so that other people lean in and say, tell me more about that. And, uh, and it's been fun. I love it. And so, t- so tell me, I- I'm curious, and I think it, as, as our audience probably is too, you said that you built a business. Uh, I guess you, you co-built a business and sold it. What kind of business was it? So it was, it was in the restaurant industry. So all through my 20s and early 30s, I lived in Chicago. I was a flight attendant. I got based there. 9-11 happened, and I was not a flight attendant anymore because we all lost our jobs because nobody was flying. And, uh, and that's how I ended up like working at that sandwich shop because I was like, oh, I got to pay the bills. What do I know how to do? And it's like, I can make sandwiches. <laughs> and, and so I ended up there as like a manager. Uh, and they only had like 10 locations back then. And I ended up sticking around with that company. Uh, it was called Potbelly Sandwich Shop. I ended up sticking around for about seven years, ended up becoming the, the uh, director of like new store openings. And we opened over, we had like 250 locations when I left. So we opened quite a lot of them. And then I went on to another restaurant company after that um, called Let Us Entertain You, where I did training and, and organizational design type stuff. And then I left uh, that and eventually ended up opening a place uh, or helping to grow a place called Protein Bar and Kitchen in Chicago. So we grew that from like one location to about 15 and then sold that. And after that was done, I thought, what's next? And so I uh, moved to LA because why not? After, after 15 years in Chicago, LA, and the sun was looking great. So I came back home to California and uh, yeah, so it was a restaurant company. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So which which is kind of telling because it's it's uh it's important to understand that telling a story is so critical for all brands and as you know as we talked about before we went live you know we're talking to a real estate audience here and i would argue i'm in the business so i'm a little bit biased but there's very few businesses where as a professional as a real estate professional you essentially work for yourself right and so it's so critical to actually brand yourself and let the world know about you to sell yourself, right? You're not really selling a product. You're selling yourself. Why does a client want to work with you? And so let's back it up a little bit and, and talk about just the uh, kind of the principles of why storytelling, A, has become so incredibly vital and popular, if you will, um, and why, why people should spend time developing their story. I think, and I think you're right with the real estate industry. I mean, there's, there's very few places where, you know, cause a normal business, you like open up a, you open up a, a brick and mortar shop and people come in, you like figure out that people need to buy, um, you know, they need to buy gaskets for their machines. So you make gaskets and you sell it to them. There's, there's this interesting thing in the real estate industry where the houses are there. You didn't make them. And largely, you don't really necessarily always create the opportunity for them to be bought or sold. Now, I know that there are some places where, well, maybe you do because you're door knocking or you're, you're doing mailings and you get people curious. But for the most part, 
we don't even, as real estate agents, we don't even control the, the market of like, is there a house available? Like you would if you were making licorice, you just buy the equipment and make licorice and then you go find someone. So I think in the real estate industry, and there are a few like this, it, it really is about relationships. It may be more than any other industry. It really is about relationships. And relationships are stories. Like if somebody says, you know, if you were to call my best friend and be like, oh, tell me about Mike. She's not going to tell you a list of facts. She's not going to be like, well, he was born in 1980 on April 24th at 7 a.m. He then went on to, no, she's going to say, ah, well, he's a great guy. And maybe she'd tell you about like why I was a great guy. Ah, he's, you could totally trust him. This one time when I was on a trip, he saved, she would tell you a story about me. And yet so often in business, real estate agents, when we go out and we're doing a listing appointment or we're meeting with buyers, we tell them things like, I'm very trustworthy. I go above and beyond for my clients. I have cutting edge marketing. And it's like, well, so does the next guy. So does the next woman. So does the next brokerage. So what I'd rather hear is a story that makes me, the listener, the buyer, the seller say, wow, that person is really does some cutting edge marketing. Like how valuable is it if you don't have to give the person the aha because they say, wow, it sounds like this person person does innovative marketing. Like what a gift would it be, Jeff, if someone was at a listing appointment and you were telling them about how you helped someone else or how you, you knew that the neighborhood loved food trucks. So you got a taco truck in to like celebrate the, the first open house or something or the new to market. And then the client, as you're doing your listing appointment says, wow, you are really innovative and you never had to say it. That's story power. And I think for real estate agents, it's really especially here in Los Angeles, if, if you hang out in, uh, if you go to Beverly Hills or West Hollywood, there's this joke that everyone you meet is a combination of three things, often two of them and sometimes three. You can meet a unicorn who's all three. Real estate agent, actor, personal trainer. That's the LA joke of like, there's, cause there's the freedom, you know, you have flexibility as an agent because like you said, you do work for yourself largely. And so when you go over here, everybody you meet is a combination of those three things. And so it's easy as an agent to become a commodity. It's easy. And, and your brokerage maybe helps you stand out a little bit. Your website maybe helps you stand out a little bit, but really makes you stand out is the stories that your clients, the stories that you tell about yourself. 100%. And, and you know, it's, it's more, and you, you mentioned this in something you were explaining, it's more, it's not just about your story, which, which I kind of want to go a little bit deeper on that, but it's also the story of a home, right? So let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit deeper about both of those, because I think as a lot of real estate agents do, you said it best. Like the first thing they want to vomit, especially when it comes to just social media in general is, is data, and stats and let me tell you what's going on with the, the latest Fannie Mae update or let me tell you, hey, I, I did X number of sides last year and won this award with my brokerage. Nobody cares. You know, at the right. end of the day, nobody cares. How can they relate to you? How can they resonate with you? How can they, how can they know, like, and trust you without even actually knowing you? So let's start on the personal side first, because I think that's, I think that's, well, I guess they're equally important. Uh, but how, you know, somebody's thinking to themselves, all right, I'm not interesting. I'm not funny. I don't do anything cool. I don't have any spe special talents. What the hell kind of story am I going to tell about myself? <laughs> it's one of the things that's really interesting of like, 
we we often think that of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have something like you said, funny to say, or I don't have a traumatic story. And I think we've all been ruined by some of these early TEDx talks where people come on and they just do, I call it vulnerability, where it's like, I'm being vulnerable, but it's really just fake vulnerability because I'm actually not vulnerable. I'm in complete control, but I'm going to tell you about a time when my dad was mean to me when I was little and this and that. And so we've all seen this. And, and I think we all feel like a yuck fest to a lot of that when it's coming from a place that's not authentic. But, and so we think, oh, I don't have a story like that, or I don't have a story like uh, this person, or I haven't done this thing, or I've never sold a $70 million home like, uh, like this person on this show or something. And the reality is all of those stories are ego stories because they're just about you in general. When we're talking about stories for business, and this is different, like if I was hosting if I was host helping someone do a story that they're going to tell on stage for something like the moth, which is like a storytelling event, it's like personal stories. That's different. If I'm working with someone on a one person show to direct coach and help them write their one person show, that's different. What we're talking about here are business stories. And when you talk about stories about yourself in business, what we want to hear are not, nobody cares. This is the big thing that drives me crazy in people's bios, by the way. I do a lot of MC work where I'll introduce people on stage or at a virtual event. And in their bios, it'll often say like, so-and-so has done this and done this and done that and the other and went here and has this school. And they've got three dogs, four cats and live in Los Angeles in a small mansion with their chinchilla named Henry. And it's like, all of those are ego stats that you're just praying one of them is interesting enough versus what I suggest people do and, and really suggest real estate folks do is to think about what do I want them, who is my audience right now, who is my community, what do I want them to know about me that's going to make them say, ah, that's my person. So like, for example, on my about page at mikeanino.com slash about, I do not even talk about myself until you've scrolled down pretty far. What I talk about is you, but I, I don't talk about you as far as like, you know, like what you would find on a home page or on a sales page. I talk about you of like what you want and why I think that's interesting. So like, you've got a story to tell, you've got something to say, and you want it to be truthful. And I'm talking about all of those things. And then I say, by the way, I'm the guy that can help you. Here's why. And I think that most people, when they think of their stories about themselves, when they think of their about page, when they sit down for, I've consulted a few of the um, higher in luxury brands here in LA that are, that have several agents on a team and the like lead agent wants there to be a certain level of quality. And so I've consulted with them and I was like, the first thing you need to do is you need to get rid of the 10 minute Ted talk at the beginning of your listing appointment. That's all about your brand and your company and how much marketing you do because nobody cares. What they care about is themselves. What they care about is that you see them. So if you're thinking about how would I write my about page, remember that, or how would I tell my story when someone says, tell me about yourself? You don't actually go through and chronologically tell about yourself. What you do is you think about what's interesting to this audience, this person in front of me, this buyer, this seller, this networking, this referral opportunity, and how do I reveal something through a story that makes them say, oh, that sounds like a really trusted worthy person. That sounds like someone who really knows the marketplace versus you telling them that. So you'll think about it. If you go back to the beginning of this episode, Jeff, you asked me to tell about myself. 
I didn't go back and say, well, I was born in a small town in Southern California on a mountainside. And then I spent several years studying the, no, I thought about who's the audience of this show? What would be interesting to them? And how can I make sure that in a few seconds they realize, oh, this guy might have something to help me with. And I do that every single time. So if you listen to all the podcasts I've been on, it's a slightly different intro depending on what I think might be helpful for the audience. And that is what I'd advise real estate agents to do is think about your about story, your you story, and say, what do I need this person to know? And how can I bubble that up with something that's happened to me? And that, even if you're not funny, even if you've not you know, saved children from a, from a mine shaft, that part is interesting enough for somebody because that's all you need. You don't need to be a hero. What you need to do is say, I'm trustworthy for some reason. Why is that? You know, if you're interviewing, by the way, if you're, if you're interviewing with a new brokerage or you're interviewing to be part of a new team and they say, hey, you know, the, the question at the beginning of an interview, tell me about yourself. They're not actually saying, give me a chronological history of your life. What they're saying is, tell me something about you that shows me who you are. And that doesn't have to be heroic. That's interesting and, and somewhat profound in a way because what you're basically saying is it's, it's almost goes back to the old, if you ever listen to uh, somebody speak in real estate about giving a listing presentation and they talk about the mistake that most agents make is they go in and they sit down and say, here's my 25 point listing presentation, which is exactly the <laughs> same as everybody else, right? So what you're telling us right now is when somebody asks you that question, tell me about yourself they're not really asking, tell me about yourself. They're saying, how can you bring me value? Is that, is that what I interpreted? How can you bring me value or, and, and maybe it's not even that, that <laughs> I'm like a cynical optimist, right? I'm one of those people that like, uh, I, I, I get, I can get in the muck, but at the end of the day, I believe it's all going to be good. But maybe I'm, I'm the cynical optimist in me also believes like, no, I think, I think people are interested in knowing who you are. But who you are is not the 25 steps. Like there's a difference between transparency and authenticity. Transparency is like, here's the facts about me. And authenticity is, here's what I'm really about. Here's what, here's what matters to me. Here's how I think. And I think that that's what people are asking when they say, tell me about yourself. It's like, give me something that says, ah, I see who this person might be. Tell me more. And in a business sense where I'm trying to get you to want to work with me, I need to think of as a buyer, as a seller, what is it that might get you to say, ah, oh, this is a person for me. Let me, let me learn more about how I might want to work with them. Wow. They sound really trustworthy. Wow. They, they grew up in the neighborhood. Those are the kinds of things that would help you more than your 27 step marketing plan, because you can just go download that on the internet, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And, and so let, I'd like to hear an example. I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question. So I want to hear how you would reply. So let's just say I'm selling my house in Beverly Hills. Uh, I, I wish. Actually, no, I'm selling my house in Malibu. I'd rather be on Malibu on the beach. And, Me too. And, and, I, and you know, I bring you in and say, okay, Mike, uh, you know, I'm interviewing several agents and you know, I'd, like to, I'd like to learn about you. And so tell me about you and why I should hire you. Now you yeah. tell the audience why, you know, you're, I know what you're going to do here. You're going to tell me a story. Um, but I want the agents to hear this and understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. So fire away. 
Sure. And, and this is assuming that I've done a little bit of research on you or I've, I've asked you questions and I know a little bit about why you're selling and all of those things. So let's say that I know that the reason you're selling is because you're uh, going to downgrade to like a, you're going to move to like a condo in Beverly Hills because you're ready to sell the Malibu mansion. You're going to go live the, the actually, life of Beverly Hills. Actually, I'm moving out of the city because of COVID. Oh. I'm moving out of the city. I'm going, I'm going elsewhere. I'm moving Malibu's to I'm moving, country though. I'm moving to Bakersfield. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, no comment. Um, okay, great. So I know you're moving for that. So so I would want to think about so I'm I'm explaining this so that people understand. I would want to think you're meeting with a lot of people. You have a high value property, you probably luxury property, although there's some not luxury ones in Malibu, but you're a luxury guy. And you want to do this quickly because you want to get out of here and you don't want to do this. You probably don't want a lot of showings because you're nervous about COVID. You don't want a lot of people in your home unless you're not living there, but you want to move quickly. You probably want discretion because you know, you're Malibu. People like privacy over there. So those are things I would have in my mind. So then I would think of, okay, how do I, exp- how do I show this guy that I can do all of those things in a story? So Normally, what I would do is I would talk about all my 27 steps, right? My like top marketing, I'm represented with the, the number one agency. We've sold more homes than anything and yada, yada, yada. But that doesn't really matter to you, okay? So, so I'm thinking, what's a good story I could tell that would show you that I move quickly, that I've got a lot of people that are ready to take action, and so I won't have to show your home a lot. So what I would say is something like, um, so tell me more about yourself. You're going to represent my home. You know I grew up here in Malibu. Like this is my this is my home turf, and I I've seen over the years how you know our community has changed so much, and you've seen that as well. And so what I realize is that the folks who are buying and selling in Malibu are specific kind of people, and and they're my kind of people. They're people who like to be a little bit away from the city. There, which is like me. They like people who uh, they. They love their privacy. I love to to be away from it. I have access if I need it, but to be away from it. And so I've always really been drawn to that. And so in that, I've been able to develop relationships with people who want to be in this community, people who are looking to upgrade in this community. And I think for you, one of the things I would think is important is finding an agent who has those connections already. Because I also realize that why we live in Malibu, why we choose to be here, why I choose to be here, is because I do want that privacy. I do want that that country vibe that Malibu provides. And you don't want 27,000 people going through your home. And so you need an agent who has the relationships, who knows people who are waiting to get in, who's been here their whole life and knows what's moving, who's upgrading and who's selling. And I mean, I've gone to school here. I have best friends here. And so this is, this is my home as well. And so I, I take that really seriously. Something like that. I like it. I like it. And so my, one of my first questions is, is well, actually, a statement and then a question. So first of all, you notice what Mike said. Like he, and, and I assume you all listening to this know this, but you better be doing your homework on the seller and the property before you actually show up the listing presentation. You, I'm just going to call it what it is. You're an idiot if you're not. Uh, you're not prepared. Uh, but number two, the question is, okay, man, you know, Mike, you, you have a lot of experience in this. Like you can just spitball like that. You know, remember I told you that I'm not interesting and I'm not quick. I'm not witty. I can't just fire off the cuff like that. So how do I prepare um, going into my listing presentation 
to, to be able to tell that story? And, and is it something that, because I guess here's the thing, it's not like they're going to ask you any unique questions. They're probably going to ask you a very similar question that any seller is going to ask you. So how do I prepare so I'm not a bumbling idiot uh, spewing off the same thing that the other 10 agents that they're interviewing are saying? How do I prepare for that? Sure. So I think it's, it's knowing ahead of time because you only need a couple. And if I was working on this, I would figure out like, what are a couple iterations of that Malibu story? You know, I, and say, is that the right one? Is that really what people want? Uh, I, I would, I don't even know, but I would say it is. Malibu's a little bit exclusive, private. They're like a certain, you know, they're their own kind of people over there. So something like that would really help. And so, because you see, also, I think in Malibu, a lot of the agents are like the same agents that have been doing this for a while. Versus like in Hollywood, where it's like I'm going to try to get a leg up, and if I can become friends with the right. Um, liter- the right uh, film agent, I can sell a big house. But in Malibu, it's like, it's kind of towny. So I would work on that story. So if it was me and I was out there in St. Louis, or I was out there in, you know, Omaha, I would think about when someone asks me to tell me about myself story, what are they really trying to get to? Because they really don't, they really don't care where you went to college. They really don't care about any of those things. Um, because someone else could have gone to college there. Someone else could have done any of those things. The other people in your brokerage can claim a lot of the same stats you can, frankly. Like they can use, that's why we go to brokerages sometimes is we can use the the power of the, the team. And so what is it, when they ask you, tell me about yourself, what are they really trying to learn that would make them say, okay, actually, uh, I trust this person. This person is like me. This person is has said something that made me understand who they are. So I would say in a real estate transaction, you're looking for trust. You're looking for honesty. You're looking for, you know, whatever the buyer or seller is looking for, then you're going to want to represent that. And that might shift a little bit between two different kinds of sellers. But if you spend a little time just thinking about it, you can kind of get to a place. And I have this, um, I have a um, guide. So people can grab this guide at mikeanino.com slash storycraft. And there's actual prompts for how to do this. So there's like five different stories that I think all entrepreneurs need to be able to tell. And there are prompts for each one. So you can get the one for the story about yourself or the story about why you do what you do and use the prompts to say, what interesting thing can I find here? Uh, And then you craft a story around that. So that's what I would do ahead of time. And you really don't need a lot. You need like one version that you kind of can change a detail or two to fit this specific person. I love it. I love it. And that, that's, that's value. We'll repeat that again, probably more than once uh, before the end of this podcast episode. But, but I want to ask you a question here because I think what I'm hearing is, is that, you know, again, the more equipped you are, the more ammo you have to be prepared when you show up to a listing presentation, just for example, or, or even a buyer consult, right? Like you're just trying, you're trying to win over a buyer is the more you know about the person, the more you can relate, the more you can, you can basically make yourself to be very similar to them, the more they're going to warm up to you, right? So um, is, is, is really a good strategy with this type of thing is going in and being a question asker rather than, you know, so you almost control the narrative. Like when you show up, you immediately start asking them questions about them so you can spitball real quickly and find a relatability, find something that you can say how you're similar, how you can then tell a story about when they're telling you about their kid's ball game 
And then you can then later on talk about your kid's ball game or grandkids ball game. And then all of a sudden there's that commonality and it just tie brings people together. Do you suggest that to, to sales professionals? Yeah, I think, I think so with caveat because the thing that you want to be careful of is asking so many discovery questions. The person is like, gets fatigued from answering them. You want to be able to ask the questions in a way that is natural because we're going to share something when we receive something. Meaning that if you just ask me questions, I'm going to get really, uh, think about when you go to buy something, when you're in a sales conversation, you're buying something and person's like, tell me about your dreams. Tell me how long you've lived here. Tell me what you'd like to do. We're pretty smart these days at being like, I know what you're doing and I don't like it and I feel dirty and uh, you know, I need a shower. So that is where I think storytelling can help is because you can do a couple and then you need to reveal. We need to reveal things about ourselves because it's almost like a gift in a way. If I say something, then you might share something back, right? I do this when I'm on stage, when I'm giving a keynote speech. I don't, my bio is relatively short. My dream bio, by the way, Jeff, is this. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Ganino, that's my dream bio because then you know you've made it when you just need like, because that's like if they were introducing like Michelle Obama, they would just say, ladies and gentlemen, Michelle right. Obama, right. we know who it is. And I always think when someone has a very long bio, it's like, what are you making up for here? Uh, so my dream is a very short bio. That's all you need. But when I'm, when I'm doing like a keynote, you know, or a breakout or something like that, I don't introduce myself until like towards the end. And then I go, oh, by the way, I haven't introduced myself. Let me tell you really quick. And I rapidly share some things. And the reason I do that is because not because I think anyone cares that I was born in San Diego or I had um, a teen mom or that I went to school in Iowa or whatever it is. I'm dropping little nuggets that when I get off of stage or when someone emails me, they could say, oh, I went to college in Iowa or I studied improv or I saw a show at Second City one time. I'm giving them little nuggets because when I reveal, you want to reveal back. It's like a gift. And so my caveat to the questions is yes, Super helpful. You should be doing that. You should be learning about that. And you should also be revealing back. It's a little bit of give and take. It's kind of like a date, right? And it's like in a first date, you wouldn't just say, hello, so tell me about yourself. Where did you grow up? What was your family like? What did you study in college? Why did you get here? Why are you on this date? What kind of food do you like? Do you like olive oil? You would go back and forth. Um, and I think that that's what great agents do. The challenge is that when you go back with your information, it should be a story that reveals something about you that makes them learn, ooh, this person could help me. This person is like me. I like people who think innovatively and bring taco trucks to the thing. You want them to say the, the aha or the insight versus you saying it. So really the easiest way, by the way, if you're looking for where should I do this, look at your listing appointments, look at your, your buyer conversations and say, where are all of the places that I state that I make an um, assertion where I say we work harder than everybody? Okay, prove it. Tell me a story that would make me say, "Wow, they work harder than everybody." If you say in there, "We are the number one for client care," great. Tell me a story that shows me that. But what I would do if I was working with people individually is I would say, "Show me your listing appointment." I would go through. An would circle everywhere where you say a thing like it's a fact because nothing is a fact by the way so if you say we uh we have the most innovative marketing then i would ask you in return oh look you said you have the most innovative marketing tell me about a time you did innovation in marketing 
And if you can't do that, then it's kind of weak sauce. So what I would recommend is doing that. And then those are the things that you're looking for stories to tell. And you don't have to be the most interesting comedic person because nobody's looking for that when they're selling and buying their home, right? Like charisma is helpful, sure. Uh, charm is helpful, sure. But in a home buying transaction, what they want is authenticity and honesty. And so you don't need to be razzle dazzle. What you need to do is say, if I'm saying we're the most innovative team in the town, how can I tell them a story that proves that's true so they don't have to wonder if it's true? Because the next person that comes in is going to say the same thing. I love it. I love it. So let's shift over to the home itself. Um, because <laughs> you, you know what you know what we see all the time, especially nowadays on social media. It's that, you know, here, hey, hey, it's Jeff, and I'm standing in front of 123 Main Street. Let me walk you through this house. Check out this kitchen. It's so beautiful. It's got new cabinets and, and granite countertops, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's not telling a story. That's just... That's, that's the chronological thing, right? I was born in this year in this city at this time. How do you suggest, and, and, I, and again, I keep bringing up the social media piece because I think it's something that a lot of us do where they create a video, they hire a videographer, and it's just what they do. Um, but how would you suggest someone concoct a different message that is more of a story about a home? How would you go about that? Well, I think it's twofold. One is to say, and, and this is again where we have to be thoughtful and careful that we're not like saying this is a home only for people like this because that's not, that's wrong uh, and unethical. But thinking through like what's the two things. One, what is the story of this house? And then what is the story of the people who are going to love to live here, right? And when I say that, you do not need to be picking their race. You do not need to be picking uh, you know, their, their genders. You don't need to do any of that to figure out what it, who's going to love this home. What you could say is, okay, well, this is a home that, that is near. Like I live in um, Uptown Whittier in the suburbs of LA. So if you choose to live in Uptown, then you're likely someone who likes to walk because there's, uh, we have this whole little village area where there's restaurants and coffee and a little central park and farmer's market. So, okay, I can make an assumption that you might like that because you're choosing to live right here versus living further up in the hills, right? So you're away from everything. So I might assume that you would like that. Okay, that's a story point I can talk about. Um, access to everything, what you might do on the weekends. When you arrive home, you can park the car in the garage and head on to, to the to uptown to have dinner. Um, you like to go see a Remember when we could see movies? <laughs> you, <laughs> right. like to go, you like to go see a movie. There's a, there's a little movie theater down here. So you might have some of those. You might talk about waking up early and heading over to the farmer's market to grab some fresh things for the weekend. So you would think about like, what is this home versus if you were buying a home in Malibu that was hidden away from everything? You're going to talk about like waking up and every morning as you have your coffee, you're checking out your view and what you've earned. You know, you've earned this view of the ocean. So you would think about how someone would use the house. If you were, if this house was in a movie, what would the people in the, in the movie be doing in the house? How would they interact with it? And I actually think that, and then there's like story elements. So you could say, is there any like foundation the story tells? So for example, we live in a, a, a craftsman that was built in 1920s. So there's something, right? Own a, own a piece of historic Los Angeles. Ooh, that gets me excited. That's a title. Own a little piece of 
of beachfront cottage. Ooh, okay. So tell me the lifestyle that I would live. So I think those are the two places when a when talking about a home that I would lean into. And then if you are doing the the tour, just imagine it's a day in someone's life. So I would even say instead of standing outside and being like, hello, I'm standing in front of 1302 North Avenue, is start off and 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 be in the bedroom and be like, imagine waking up here. It's another day. As you get ready, you walk outside and you enjoy the view while the dog is running around in the yard. And then you make your coffee in the kitchen where you look over and there's a built-in espresso machine. And you tell it in a way that's like, how would I use the house? Because now I can imagine myself doing all of that versus if you just say the facts, then I'm left to say, well, you know, maybe this house over here has another detail I like, or I don't really know how I would use that versus putting it into a framework that gets me thinking, ooh, that's kind of nice. I'd like to, I'd like to live there. Cause that's what we're imagining when we buy a home. We're imagining ourselves like, what would it be like to wake up here? That's, that's why we want to go see the home. That's why we want to go to an open house. We want to kind of see like, what would it be like to be here? You know? And the only time that that doesn't apply is, and the only time that facts are more important and these people don't need you, frankly, except for maybe to help with the transaction, are investors and flippers. Those are the people that care about all the stats. Otherwise, I am buying or selling a home for emotional, familial, personal reasons. The only people that really follow the market, because if, if I need to buy a home because I'm having a baby, I need to buy a home because I'm having a baby. You know, Maybe I'll wait three months or maybe I won't, but the end of the day, that's going to happen. The only people that really care about all your stats and figures are flippers and developers who are probably smarter than you anyway. So lead with how they're going to use the home. That's the story I'd focus on. I like it. And so a lot of imagine if, imagine drinking your cup of coffee at this kitchen table, <laughs> imagine your kids playing in this yard, imagine, you know, watching the football game in this living room. So it's, it's that, is that, is that that sort of thing when you're talking about telling the story? Yeah, it's exactly why we stage homes, right? Like, why are we putting like theater furniture in a house? Because we're trying to tell a story about what it would be like to live there. We're making some assumptions about how someone might enjoy the home. And so what you're, what you're doing is just continuing on that story of like, why did we stage it this way? Why did I have, like, it makes no sense. It makes no logical sense why you would advise your client to clean up the clutter. It makes no logical sense. The house is the same either way. Like, I'm still buying the same house. I'm still buying the same walls. So why do you tell your client to declutter? Why do you tell them to get rid of family pictures? Because you're trying to help the buyer of that home imagine themselves living there. And if there's too much clutter, if there's too many family pictures, if it's painted in a way that's like very stylistic, then it's hard for us to imagine ourselves in it. And yet, when we do a virtual open house, when we do a, uh, the copy for, for the MLS, we go back to facts and we know in our hearts that that's not what sells homes because we don't, because we stage them and we declutter them and we depersonalize them. So we know that as agents and yet we show up to the MLS and we write in boring facts about the home. We show up to our virtual thing and we just give a tour of the home that any robot could have done. That's, that's fascinating. I think that's, that's excellent advice because I'll, I'll be honest, when, when I think about telling a story about a home, my immediate thought is, okay, what's the history of the home? Like mm. what happened here? And do you recommend that at all? Like actually maybe getting to know the seller in the sense of 
telling a story about what the seller experienced in the home. And I'm not talking about, you know, a death or ghosts. I'm talking about, you know, they, they, they raised a family there. Their kids went through grade school and high school there. Um, you know, they went on walks there. Do you recommend using the seller's stories to tell stories? Or is it all about telling a story of what it could be for you? I think both can work, right? Um, I think it's helpful to do both. If it was me and I had a, and I was selling a, and I was listing something, I would, I would probably, if they were comfortable with it, I'd even want to, depending on a lot of factors, I would even possibly like use some of that in my marketing and be like, you know, I'm talking to Claire who's, who's moving from the home. And what was your favorite thing about living here? Right. And even if I didn't use it in my marketing, I would for sure ask it because I might learn like, Oh, that's cool. Like every morning she sat in this spot because you could see the sunrise. I wouldn't know that as an agent, unless I was there in the morning sitting with her during the sunrise. But to say like, oh, that's cool. For her to say like every evening I would sit on this little patio and I would journal. Ooh, that's interesting. Maybe that's something to say. Um, so I would definitely interview them either way to find out those things. And whether I used it would be, is this going to be helpful for the story I'm trying to create for this home? And again, what, we, what I'm advising everyone to be careful of is people love to sit and look at sunsets and people love to sit and look at to write in their journal regardless of their gender regardless of their age regardless of their race so you don't have to get so specific um in saying like this is a home for a caucasian couple with a small child who are living this life or this is a home for young black professional you don't need to do that young professional is enough or get rid of young and just say this is a home for someone who is a mover and shaker they love access to the nightlife they want the hottest coolest hipster breweries in town at their door they're meeting with friends they walk home toss their key their car key in the bowl and they are living in this area for the weekend because it's got everything they need you could be 25 and you could be 50 and you could love that lifestyle so that's what we're focusing on is like how would somebody use this home and whether they're 25 or 50 if they want that life this is going to shine for them I love it. I love it. Uh, and, and I'm thinking to myself, imagine showing up to a listing appointment. You've already done your homework. And when they ask you about you or how you're going to sell their home, immediately give them that story that you're now going to portray. And man, if I'm a seller, I'm like, whoo, I think I want to stay now. You know, like you just yeah. sold me on my own house. Um, I think that would be a, <laughs> that would be a killer angle from an agent going into a listing is, is just immediately giving them that story about how they're going to portray because right. think about it. You're, you're trying to sell a buyer, but you're also trying to sell a seller on why you're going to make their house, the sexiest house on the block, the sexiest house in the city. Right. Because let, let's be honest, every seller thinks their house is house is worth like three X what you're going to sell it for. <laughs> That's just how we are. right? And why is that? It's because they have stories tied to that home. Yeah. That's why they think it's worth more because that's where their child was raised. It's the first place they bought after college. It's the home they bought when they moved to their dream city. It's a story that makes their house worth more. It's not the, the walls and everything like that. And the other interesting thing is, and I've seen this so much because I've worked with a bunch of very luxury agents here in Los Angeles, like some of the highest grossing in the country. And, and I've seen them do it where they say, hey, I'm going to list your, your $22 million home right? I've, I've worked with an agent who was like in a bidding war against Beyonce and Jay-Z, like for like a $70 million mansion on a cliff. And so 
what I've seen them do is not go in and say, hey, great, we have great marketing and let me do this for you. What I've seen them do, the top, top agents, what they're doing, why they're winning is because they're doing exactly what you said, Jeff. She went in and she said, so here's the deal about this home. This is an entertainer's paradise. It's got those doors, those very LA doors that we all would love where it's just like the whole back part of the house opens up and you've got those pocket doors that it's just like the whole house is opens up to the pool. Mm -hmm. This is a home for entertainers who are going to have this. So what we're going to do for your, for our brokers open, is that that a national thing? Everyone does that brokers opens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for our brokers open, what we're going to do is we're going to host a, not a, not Tuesday at 10 o'clock, we're going to open it up Tuesday at five o'clock and we're going to have a wine tasting. We're going to partner with this, you know, cause I'm selling a $20 million home so I can afford that, but you can afford this even if you're getting Trader Joe's wine, you know, for three bucks, you could do something to most people can't taste the difference by the way. So right. uh, buy the three buck Chuck, nobody knows. And hosted like a party with like meat and cheese and wine and was really showcasing this is this is the lifestyle you're going to have here for their for their open houses they did the same thing i worked with an agent who sold a in a loft condo building in downtown la downtown la is like hipster paradise it's like breweries risk restaurants grungy like really urban environment and so she did she had a brewery come and they had in the, the brewery and they set up a couple kegs and it was like this super hipster brewery tasting because that's the lifestyle that the, the most, the person who's going to love that home, that's what they're going to be into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it, man. I love it. Okay. So we are running a little long on time here. And so I want to ask you one more question and then kind of have, have you give our listener kind of some, some takeaways here and obviously share more information about you, where they can find you, where they can find the goodies. We talked about, you know, more specifically telling a story when you're selling a house, selling yourself to a, a, a seller or maybe to a buyer. We talked about telling a story about a home. What would you say to somebody though? Because nowadays, realtors are, are, are creating content to sell themselves. Would you recommend that a realtor creates like their own evergreen video about their brand and tells the story of themselves, how would you recommend that they kind of put that together? Yeah. I mean, video is so important. Video is, especially right now with so many of us not being able to network like we normally would. And, and even if there are places where people are doing it, it's, it's not how it used to be. And so there's something about physically seeing someone and hearing them that's really helpful. And I always recommend that, that, people in sales roles, people in real estate, really, if you can, I mean, you can't right now, maybe virtually, take an improv class somewhere, take an improv theater class. So you just get more comfortable in your own skin. You get more comfortable thinking, you know, thinking on the fly and doing those kinds of things, understanding story frameworks so that you can make these videos. So I would recommend absolutely you should have some like foundational core videos that talk about who you are. Um, one of them that's about your values. And when I say about your values, not like, here's my values, but a story about how you work. And then even on your, um, on your Instagram, if you're using Instagram, make your highlights, you know, you can create highlights on Instagram, make one of them about me, make one of them this or that. Cause the, like the number two page on my website is the about page. Like, it's where everyone wants to go. They want to see like, oh, are you for me? So I definitely think video, if you're not doing video, you're really missing out. 
Amen to that. Amen to that. So in, in closing, uh, somebody wants to hire you to speak, hire you to coach them on telling a story, just have you help them create their own story because they're still struggling with it. How do they find you? Where's the best places to find you? And, and repeat uh, where they can get uh, the, the, um, that, that, that sheet that you mentioned where they can actually get the, the help creating stories. So tell us all about that again. Yeah, once you figure out how to spell my last name, I'm pretty much the one who's going to show up. So my name is Mike, and the last name is Ganino, G-A-N-I-N-O. If you Google that, it's going to be me, most likely, who pops up. Uh, you can go to MikeGanino.com, uh, send me an email through there if you want to talk about doing some things together. And, uh, and if you go to MikeGanino.com slash StoryCraft, StoryCraft, you're going to get, and it's like a 25-page workbook, and you could go through and fill it out. You could do it with your team. You could do it with your marketing people. Um, it gives you the prompts. It gives you the structures. Everything you need to get going, and you can easily turn those, Jeff, into videos. So if, you, if you're working with someone on how to produce videos, and I, and I know that you all do that with people as well, it gives you like, here's a, here are five different kinds of videos you can make, and you'll have it right there. That's fantastic. And, and, if you're, and if you're not sure that you found the right Mike Ganino, uh, he's the guy with the really good hair. Uh, and I, and I, can, <laughs> I can say that because I have hair envy. I haven't had hair for almost 20 years now. So yeah, he's the guy with the really good hair. Uh, so, Mike, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you. Again, uh, folks, Mike Ganino, G-A-N-I-N-O dot com. Go check him out. Obviously, he not only does he give that amazing guide, a storytelling guide, but uh, he's got an amazing podcast. He does speak. He does coach. He does all of these things. He can bring a ton of value to your business. So, Mike, I really appreciate you bringing value to our audience. This has been fantastic. I've learned a lot. Uh, and I can't wait to put some of this stuff into play. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This was, a, this was fun to chat about. Appreciate you. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. Agents Podcasts.